What's up, martial artists? Welcome to Black Belt, a martial arts lifestyle podcast. I'm your host, Harinder Singh, and we're going to bridge the gap between sport, tradition, and reality. Join me as I sit down with world-class practitioners to discuss their lifestyles, to teach you about their mindset, training, and fighting methods so that we can grow from their wisdom. My guest this episode is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Valley Tudo, and MMA legend, Master Hickson Gracie. He reigned as the world Jiu-Jitsu champion both in the middle heavyweight and open divisions for almost two decades. He retired with an undefeated record after hundreds of Jiu-Jitsu, Valley Tudo, and challenge matches. Since his retirement, he's focused on unifying the jiu-jitsu community and spreading his family martial art through his jiu-jitsu global federation and teaching seminars across the world. He's the author of the New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller list and one of my favorite books of all time, Breathe, A Life in Flow. Netflix is also developing a film on his life titled Dead or Alive. This episode is a masterclass on the warrior's way. Master Hickson is an inspiration and a personal hero of mine. He is the embodiment of a modern samurai. My key takeaway is that everything begins and ends with the ability to control our breathing so we can relax under pressure and approach both martial arts and life with a fluid mindset. Master Hickson details that flow is all about the presence of mind and body so we can seek a connection and find harmony through balance. The art of flow is about cultivating our sensitivity so we can make micro-adjustments and continuously make ourselves comfortable in uncomfortable situations. We discuss training methods, teaching philosophy, and the gift of empowerment. Master Hickson's stories are so inspirational and his lessons are life-changing. I hope you get as much out of this as I did. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Black Belt Podcast. I'm your host, Harinder Singh. And it is my honor, my pleasure to introduce my guest today, Master Hickson Gracie. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Thanks, Harinder. My pleasure, my brother. Uh, I'm, I'm really honored to have you here. And, uh, you know, before we get deep into our conversation, because I have so many questions for you, I want to congratulate you on your new book and the success. Oh, thank you. Uh, new York Times bestseller, USA Today, Wall Street Journal. It is so amazing to see martial arts teachings go across the world on the global level. How do you feel about that, man? I feel very happy, man. Very proud because, you know, I didn't expect the, the, my actions in life will become so well supported by the, the, the broad audience, not only martial artists and fighters, people within the sport but my life kind of brought a good a good inspiration for a lot of people who's never been fighting or or engaging in a confrontation before so i'm i'm inspired and i'm happy to to succeed on that i mean i i love the book i'm, I'm an avid reader for the, the the people who listen to the podcast know you know especially books like the art of war musashi gorno show the book of five rings but you know, you, you've put together a book here that I think not only all martial artists, definitely, but people in general should really put some time into reading because it's really inspirational. But the man, it must have been really difficult 
to sit down and take all your knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and put it into a book. That process must have been really very painstaking. Uh, I'm not feeling like that because, for, first of all, I have only one life to tell, and my life was milked to the stream in terms of, you know, putting myself on the line all the time at risk. And I have a good friend of mine, Peter Maguire, who helped me to write the book, who is a great scholar and, and, and great writer to put my, my thinking in, in proper words. So it was a good combination. It was very pleasurable to make the book because uh, as we're talking, we reminding things happen in the lives, in my life, and things which even sometimes are not exactly things I'm, I'm uh, proud of it. I make mistakes in life, but all those mistakes, all the situations I put myself in, I use to, to grow. I use to become a, a better person, a better service, a better man. So in the end of the road, I don't have no regrets. I have a very intense life and can be part of a, a good inspiration for others. Uh, that's absolutely wonderful. You know, your your teachings um, have saved my life quite a bit, especially the, the concept of being able to breathe, make yourself comfortable in uncomfortable situations, you know, and, you know, that's the master key to success, to performance, to life. How did you discover this? Yes. Uh, first of all, I, I born and raised in a, in a, in a family, in a very unorthodox way because we are proud to, to become graces and wear geese and representing the, the art and confrontations and challenges, which brings a lot of risk, a lot of, a lot of emotions, a lot of, you know, not only emotions, but, but requires you to be at your best. So taking, take this as a metaphor for life, uh, being a martial artist, I mean, martial arts represents conquering. It's a warfare in progress. So become a warrior is a necessity because in order for you to, to conquer life, not only a opponent, but happiness has to be conquered. You know, if you want to buy a car, you have to strategize. You have to have like an action plan. If you have to, to, to get a job or get a girlfriend or relationships, everything has to be worked as a martial arts because it needs to be conquering. Things cannot be just passively waiting for things to fall in your lap. So martial arts is basically the concepts you need to, to seek for happiness, to seek for any, any challenge or, or, or obstacle in your life. When you, when you see martial arts as a supporter for this kind of engagement, you're going to be much happier to use strategies, visualizations, emotional control through breathing and other, uh, other positive thinking, uh, spiritual elements like hope, faith, you know. So all the elements within the, the toolbox for the warrior are within concepts which can be used in martial arts to confront somebody, but can be used in martial arts for you to achieve happiness. 
So all those situations, regardless if you is an opponent, if it's just a matter of an obstacle, if you have the eyes of the, the, the martial artist to deal with, if you're a spiritual warrior, if you're a peaceful warrior, you're able to resolve the thing with much better clear, clear, uh, clear eyes and clear mind. So the capacity we have, we must have, once we have the intelligence, is the capacity to use the martial arts concepts in our, in our benefit to cope with the intelligence for us to achieve happiness. So being a good martial artist trans, transcends the, the, the math area and becomes something for you to cope with life in order to achieve happiness and success. That's wonderful. So with regards to obstacles, you know, sometimes people view obstacles and, and happiness and they think that happiness is when there's no obstacles and, you know, uh, when there's no struggle, that's happiness. And from what you're saying is that, you know, the obstacles are what show us who we are and without them that, you know, we cannot find happiness. Could you tell me more about that part? Yeah, I mean, there's no way you're going to find a road which is totally perfect for you to go through without no hassle, no struggles. Even if you have a perfect road, you need to stop to get, to put gas in your, in your engine. So you need something else always. You Always you need something to either get happier or get a better service for others or get richer or get, you know, buy a car. So everything in life depends off a vision, inspiration, and a decision to make it, and then the conquering. No matter what, what direction you go, you're going to find yourself have to deal with situations, emotional situations, physical situations, spiritual situations. And martial arts put you in, in a deep connection with that. The interesting thing about breathing is the, the breathing has the very unique power because you can live seven days without food. You can live three days without water, but five minutes without oxygen, you're dead. So that's how important a good flow of oxygen, a good understanding of how to make a deep breath, a good understanding of moving the, the air within you to keep you fresh is essential was a turning point for me when I started. I've always been an athlete, competitor, you know, active. But once I learned how to breathe, I learned how to access in much easier way because a very interesting aspect is the brain and the heart are the only organs in your body who are capable to give and receive information. Other organs, they don't have the same capacity, your liver, your kidneys, they don't have the capacity to interact with your emotions, your feelings, your, your heart, your, your tiredness. The heart, no. The heart is completely relevant for your emotions, for how you feel. If you're tired, if you're exhausted, if you're stressed, if you're claustrophobic. The brain brings you fear, brings you tension, brings you stress, brings you happiness, brings you sadness. So all the elements out there can really impact your brain or your heart. And the most directly effect, effect you have over your brain and over your heart is the capability to 
connect with them straightly through the breathing. Sure. Your breathing can really calm you up, can really put in the right process in your mind. Your breathing can reduce the acid lactic in, in your hyperventilation and you make yourself in a zone to keep performing if you need the physicality of it. So through a perfect breathing, you can achieve calmness in your heart. You can achieve better performance. You can achieve a better control to, to engage an emotional aspect. Through your breathing, you can be yourself calm. You can make visualizations. You can, peace, you can bring peace of mind. You can have visualizations. You can have uh, emotional control. You can relax yourself. You can bring in positiveness. So through the breathing, you have easy access to your brain and easy access to your heart. If you don't know how to breathe, even though sometimes you want to get calmer, mm. you kind of tense and you claustrophobic. You cannot, if you know how to... Uh, and start to breathing slowly, not with the top part of your lungs, like, because this is emotion, but with the lower part, using the diaphragmatic breathing to assess the lungs in the back because they are coming. So when you learn the breathing deeply, you learn how to process yourself in a much more deep, in much more depth. You know, you know yourself better mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, because the breathing is the essence of how your energy flows in your body. Sure. And people think they learn how to breathe. Soon they get slapped on the butt, soon they're born. And they go, ah, 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 but they start to breathe in a short breath, which is very claustrophobic sometimes, which is very emotional. Give you short breath. So this is no good for you to live your life based on. Your life you, you, you live based on the full lung capacity, on your diaphragmatic function. The real breathing doesn't come in from your chest, coming from your diaphragm here. That idea of breathing, combining with preparation, with practice, with some kind of exercise, make you understand a dimension which you cannot even grasp if you don't have the ability to breathe. If you don't know how to breathe properly, like a technician in breathing, you lack of 40% of effectiveness in your body. When you learn how to breathe, regardless of your stage, your age, your physicality, you gain 40% of raw effectiveness in how you, how you control your mind, how you control your heart, how you bring positiveness to yourself, and so on. So breathing was a... When I learned how to breathe, I pretty much reinvent myself under so many other possibilities. So it's, it's, a great, it's a great tool for the spiritual warrior. And, and how much of your influence with regards to your breath techniques and training methods uh, was influenced by Orlando Connie? Well, the breathing aspect, he's for me, he's my second father. You know, he's my mentor. Because my father taught me jiu-jitsu. He taught me how to be humble and honest and speak the truth and be comfortable with myself. But Orlando gave me the sense and the ability to meditate, to elevate myself in, in 
because the, the mind requires a medita meditative state of mind for you to grow, not intellectually, but spiritually. Your instincts, your intuition, all those will grow if you allowed yourself to be empty mind. Mm -hmm. And that's a very, far, it's a very difficult stage to be. Some people can be meditative, listen music. Some others can be swimming. Some others can have like dancing. Others can be just doing yoga postures or, or meditation, uh, transcendent meditation. So you have different ways to achieve empty mind. For me, my mother took me to take meditation, took me to take yoga when I was young. And I never felt like it was doing anything for me, only the positions, the suffering of the stretchings and stuff, but I feel always like not exactly mentally connected. When I start with Orlando, I start in a group class and he's in his studio. And the first class he saw me practice, he said, Hickson, you are very, you, you're in a, in a different level of performance. You are a good athlete. I like to teach you privately. So when we start to train privately at his place, which has mirrors on the wall, wood floor on the sides, has like the woods hanging on the wall up to the roof for you to hang and stuff like bars of wood. So in the, in the, in the, in the practice will be, I'm following him, he's looking to the mirror and he starts to using, play like a eagle. Moving himself like a monkey, like a like a crocodile, and I follow him breathing and making animal movements and statue breathing, and I was following the leader, and I was getting very good at follow the leader, and then maybe three months after in this process, I was already knowing all the movements and doing very, I'm very much on on his steps. Uh, we arrived to get the class, and as we start the class, Orlando told me. I mean, a phone call, a phone ring. And then he said, Hickson, you do it yourself. I go pick up the phone and come back. I said, okay, master. And for the first time, I was doing by myself without following the leader, but trying to improvise and breathe and look in the mirror, doing my thing, not follow anything, not putting my consciousness to, 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 to imitate, but trying to be creative. And then... Eventually, it's like I wake up. I open my eyes. I was dripping sweat, hanging on the highest wood on the, close to the roof, hanging like a monkey. And then I kind of wake up and look, open my eyes and look around. And then I saw Orlando Kanye in the corner. And he's, I, I kind of get down from the, where I was and said, what's up, master? What's going on? And he has tears on his eyes and said, Hickson, uh, I'm glad to tell you, you don't, have to, you don't have to come here to learn with me anymore. You find yourself the perfect zone. And then I said, why you say that, master? He said, yeah, because you're here for an hour and 15 minutes. And I tried to call you a few times during this time. I tried to take your attention and you could not pay attention on me. You're completely in a zone of doing exercise and almost like a, medit a medit meditative mindset. Mm -hmm. And I was very impressed because you were able to, 
to, to meditate and still like completely out of consciousness and become only pure movements and instinct. And then I realized I, could, I was able to, to meditate, to get empty mind in this practice. And I start to practice by myself and start to become more and more comfortable to turn off my consciousness and turn on my, my instincts. To the point I was in the academy and the like lunchtime by myself doing exercises and somebody coming to the door and try to call me, master, what's up? And I could not, I knew something happened in the time I was exercising, but I didn't know who was or what he said exactly. I was, I was such a, in a deep zone of meditate, meditative state, I could be able to put myself out of consciousness at will. And this is priceless because it becomes a very important tool for you to disconnect from mental as, you know, stresses and claustrophobic feelings and agonies and, and pressures and sadness or, or, or goods or bad. So you become out of your consciousness and become inspired to, to just move and, and, and please your heart and your, your life. So it becomes a clear path for me, which more I was into this, more I was focused to be my best, to serve at my best level. Because for me, happiness is, a base, is based on giving and receiving energy. You cannot be happy just by receiving energy. You cannot be happy just by giving energy because you feel weak. So the, the trade, this kind of energetic trade is what makes happiness. And, and for me, I was able to achieve that. And uh, Orlando just changed my life. No, that's, that's absolutely wonderful. You know, sir, sometimes people have, um, you know, the state you describe is the state of this observer where you're watching, you're observing, you're not attached to anything and you're just filled with joy and you're 100% present and you're right there. Now, something that you've been able to do that maybe a lot of martial artists, a lot of people in their life struggle with is how do they take that from, you know, we can have a meditation where we're sitting and breathing, then we can have a moving practice where we're by ourselves, but to take it then and put it into the arena of performance or a street fight or a valetudo match where somebody's actively trying to, to hurt you is, is a pretty difficult jump for a lot of people to make. You know, as Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan. So you get punched in the face. In that moment of chaos, when somebody's actively trying to disrupt you, how is it that you were able to keep and maintain that state? This is visualization because different than other people, which are not exactly acclimated or even putting themselves in a position to, to confront somebody, you know, like I was being practiced and training jiu-jitsu to eventually represent the family against anyone, any style, any size, any rules, any time limits. So it was very unpredictable, was very uncertain. And somehow, you cannot get, a, uh, get ready of the stress or get ready of the, the uncomfortable situation. You may die. You may get yourself seriously hurt if you try to achieve something. So the, the dangers were there. 
the stress was there consistently. So for me, my life was a, a learning process of how to deal with those risky situations, how to deal with those stressful situations, those claustrophobic feelings. So I was always seeking to get in charge of my own emotions, to be comfortable in the discomfortable situations. So this is not exactly a, a, a game plan or it's not exactly a strategy I cope with. I have to deal with in a very much uncertain way. And for to do that, one of the things are very important because a fireman, he's in the line of duty. Who he has to be comfortably understanding he can die in any service he, he, he goes for. If you have to, to save some child from a roof of a burning house, he knows he can, he can fall and he can die with the child. So if he's not comfortable in, in, the, in, a, in a weird sense, if he's not comfortable with the possibility to death, to die himself, he cannot be doing what he's doing properly. Of course, he don't want to die. Of course, he want to go back home to his family. But he has a risk he has to understand is there for him. And this risk cannot take him from doing what he has to do. Hmm. And he has to be in charge of these emotions. He has to be in control of this negativity because he has a service to, to do. And even though it's risky, he has to do it. So it's not a debate. Should I go? Should I not go? Should I believe on my... He has to do all this. It has to be a package already preset. And when time comes, he has to go and just do his job, accepting even death. So my plan was pretty much the same. I have to prepare myself spiritually to accept a confrontation which I may cannot get out alive. Because for me, it was not about sport matters, or which a point or a defeat and then training again and fight again. For me, it was a, a legacy. It was, a, it was a pride of the family. It was the way I feed my kids. So I could not treat that as, as I, I treating a, a soccer game or a, or a bowling part game. Yes. It was my life, it was my legacy, it was my tradition. So I have to accept death because give up was not a plan in myself. I was never thinking about quit. You know, the only thing I was qu about quitting was my, my first Valetudo fight against Zulu, which is 50 pounds heavier than me, 30 years old. I was 19 years old. And after 10 minutes of the first round, when I finished the, the round, I was completely discomfortable. I was exhausted. I felt like all my shots didn't work against the guy. And then I go back to the corner and said, Dad, I want to quit. I don't want to go back. And my dad not even listened to me. He said, oh, you did great. Now he's worse than you. You're going to kick his ass. I said, Dad, I'm serious. I have to stop this. I, I cannot go anymore. And then my brother Hall threw me a bucket with ice and water in my head. I go, <sighs> and then the bell rings and I back there. And after three minutes, like my dad said, I was having him in a choke and put him to sleep. But for the first time, I was having doubts of myself. I was being the worst enemy could be within my mind. And I felt like I could not live with that doubt anymore. Mm -hmm. So from that, from that mistake I did, 
to dealt to 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 deal with myself in the wrong way, I make a a, a resolution. I said I prefer to die than quit. So it's no quitting on me anymore. It's no it's no for me. It's not something I gonna think. I have to stop. God gonna tell me if I have to stop because I'm already dead, already unconscious. But I'm not gonna have myself with the doubts which can be my worst enemy at any point. So from that, from that experience of this fight, I make myself feel like much better because at that point, I never fought anymore with doubts in my mind. Either I go or either I go or either I go. And if I don't go, it's because I'm dead. Because you no, know, well, I, I think, I, there's no thinking. So it was a great experience for me, which again, I have to deal with different weird and, art, and very unusual problems in my life, which is not a common life. But I took those problems, I took advantage because I could use those situations for my personal growth, my mental growth, my spiritual growth, and my technical growth. Because every time something happens, you have to go back to the gym and train harder to make sure things are not going to happen again. So. It's a combination which keep you always progressing, seeking for happiness, seeking for victories, and start to deal with the negativity in a much positive, in a much more positive way. You know, you, 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 when, you, when you describe that, it sounds like the samurai from, from back in the old days, they accept the future and they accept, you know, because by accepting it, you free yourself in the moment. And yes. now you're open to all the possibilities. And, and that is, is, I think, what we're all trying to achieve. Because that's, yeah, I got goosebumps here. Just think, you know, that feeling. Because that's the true freedom. Um, oftentimes, people crumble under pressure. I mean, pressure for you, if you think about it, like from perspective of your father, your family's legacy, there's a pressure of uh, family pressure, pressure from other people. Then there's Zulu you're fighting, but he's putting pressure on you. And it's very hard to disconnect from that. And oftentimes, you know, so many people are more afraid of what people will think of them if they lose uh, instead of actually losing or getting hurt. And that yes. seems to be a big block. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, I feel like you, you should not leave. Uh, was something very interesting who sticks in my mind very in a very early age. I was young, maybe 12, 13 years old. And I have in my house a book with pictures and sayings. Like every picture, beautiful pictures with a nice thinking up below. And I was passing these pictures and seeing, you know, uh, good, good, uh, sayings and, and good proverbs and things i stick on a i'm very physical so i stick in a picture which has this room wood floor room this yoga guy laying down on the floor belly down holding his feet like backwards like holding their mm. their ankles facing down with the belly on the floor with the window behind him and he was off the floor about five centimeters, maybe two inches off the floor. Like he makes, somehow he make a jump mm. holding his feet. He disconnect himself from the floor like this. Wow. And then the picture, the sunlight comes below him and, and see him. And the saying 
was like something like this because it was in Portuguese. It's saying, represent day by day or fulfill the other people's expectations. This is meaningless. What's really enlighten me and indulge me and make me happy are surprises. So I try to picture that, that, I, that understanding of everything else is meaningless when you surprise yourself. Hmm. Either to the good way or to the bad way, only you can surprise yourself. You cannot, you cannot live based on people's expectations. You know, what people expect from you, if you do what people expect you to do, you're not even too happy because that's what everything is expected. When you surprise yourself and you go above the line, when you do something else, when you stop what you do and you feed a, a child which is hungry or something which is really relevant in your life, that really can add a, a very spire, a very emotional, a very deep element of happiness, of conquering, of, of you know, the, the, the element of which is very special is more than just what you create in your mind. It's just about a miracle which just happened. So you have to seek for mirrors, miracles in your life. You have to seek for things you never thought was possible. You have to be seeking for uh, something to inspire you, to reinvent yourself, to, to be creative, to be completely free from, from what people tell you what to do or, or expecting you to do. You have to be much more, you know. So all this is, is hard to actually put in words or explain because, because it's, it's something emotional, it's something spiritual, it's something completely mm. invisible. But, you know, I feel like my life is all based on that, is how I can surprise myself, how I can do something was never thinking before. That's why when, when I was, for example, 12 years old, I was practicing with growing up people in the, in the room, in the academy, as always, always watching people train. And, and Jiu-Jitsu is a huge, is a huge uh, university because you see doctors, you see gang members, you see guys with lack of self-esteem, you see mean people. They all mix, mix together. They all showing what they have and they cannot hide themselves from from what they show a coward he's not going to be tough guy to show others he's going to show he's a coward a, a, a aggressive guy a mean guy a coward he will be a coward and he will show when he's tired oh i don't want to train anymore but when he's full of energy getting a smaller guy he goes and smash the guy so you can see by his approach his personality what he's made of so I love to see people respond different elements in the academy. One day I was training there, and this guy called me to train with, a, a young, a adult guy, strong, blue belt, and he got me in a headlock. In a headlock, in theory, you should not tap in headlocks because you have to defend and escape. But I was young, I was nervous, I was claustrophobic, I get panic, and I get suffocated and I tap out. I get so pissed, but I tap. I tap, I cry a little bit, and the guy said, hey, kid, you okay? He said, I'm okay, thank you, I'm okay, but I get so pissed off. So the same day I back home, 
I find myself in the edge of a, a carpet. I stretch myself like this on the edge of a carpet and ask my brother Holtz to roll me like a burrito. So I was rolling into the carpet in 120, 110, 110, 120 degrees, Rio de Janeiro, humid like a sauna. And to represent the claustrophobic feelings I get on the headlock. And I said my, to my brother, he, for him to release me, only 10 minutes after. So the first minute was agonizing. And then I start thinking about the ocean breeze, the seagulls flying, the breeze blowing the palm trees. And I start to visualize the wind coming. There's a hole there, the air coming. So I was visualizing good things. And I start to. So after 10 minutes, my brother unfolded me. And I was calm. And then during the same year, I did three more times. And then the last time I was rolling in and rolling out with the same emotions, no claustrophobic feelings, all calm. All... So I just show you that because I faced a monster at one point in my life. And I find myself a way to dealing with that monster. I don't recommend people to do that. That's not the But I did because I was crazy about my goals and my ideas. So I put myself to surprise myself. First, I surprised with the agony of having to tap something you are not expecting to tap. I was pushing myself claustrophobic feeling. So I, I surprised by the agony and tap. And then I start to accustomate myself with that kind of agony. And I surprised myself I could control that perfectly. Eventually, I was over control of my deepest emotion of claustrophobic feelings. So my process was always to discover or to surprise myself with getting things I was incapable to do. Let's see how I can do it. So dealing with the ocean, for example. The ocean is unpredictable. And I, I love the ocean. I love to surf. Not exactly to surf the wave properly and make the perfect movement like a world champion surfer. But to get the wave to feel the rip currents, to get my energy connected with the ocean and to understand I'm powerless if I go in in the wrong way, if I do the right. So start to flow with the energy of the waves, with the rip cone, if I want to get in, if I want to get out, if I have my board, if I lost my board. So all the different feelings you can have connecting with a very powerful energy of nature, storm weather and things. So the connection I have with the ocean transcends surf because it's about energy, electromagnetic field, how I feel having nature to, to give me corners and pull me in, 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 in setbacks. So how I have to be calm enough to control myself under discomfortable situations against big waves or something like that. So I always try to deal with myself bringing risky situations, bringing situations where I'm not sure. And then I surprise myself with visualization, emotional control, breathing, any resources I can have to capitalize on. It. So cold water, ice cold water. I've been doing cold baths for the last 30 years. Now it's fashion. Everybody do cold yes. baths. Yes. And in this fashion way, they make cold baths to up to here. Yes. They stay in the, the, the bath, the ice bath, but the head is off. And the head has to be in 
to make effect. Because when the head comes in, you feel like really you're gonna die. Not in a one, you have to have a snarkle okay. and, go, and go deep in the water and breathe under the water. And then find calmness. Not, not like that, but. And when you're able to calm your heart, under that kind of inferno of ice, you're in control of your hardest feelings. You're in control of your panic attacks. You're in control of your, your, your swing moods. So I was doing this for my own calmness because if I can calm myself in the ice bath, not resist the ice bath, yes. it's not like that for 10 minutes. It's about calm yourself down for two minutes only under the water and be able to heartbeat slow, tooth, 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 tooth. And then you're ready to leave the ice because if you stay there, you can even die. You leave the ice and you feel like you empower, you completely in charge of your emotions, your feelings, it feels great. But I was seeking for that kind of expo exposure to myself. So I find the ice. I start to making functional strength 30 years ago with elastic which are not even elastics to buy on the gyms. You buy elastics on the, on the diving shop, which is just to, to, the, to the army, the, the, the manual uh, killer. So you have the, 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 the rubber. For the spear, pull. yeah. The spear, yeah, the spear gun. So I buy the elastics on the spear gun places, which are the only place you can buy elastics. And then I make harness to my head and make harness to... to so I've been very creative in points of how to train, how to, to deal with my fear, how to deal with my emotions, how to feel myself, you know, humble, you know, like I never felt like I'm better than nobody. You know, I, my student, my first day student, I have to find something for me to admire the guy. He's not going to be, he's going to be a white belt in jiu-jitsu, but he can be a clever lawyer or a very intelligent chess game or a very nice musician or a singer or a, or a, or a, or a horseback rider. So I will find something he likes to do and I'm going to acknowledge him for him to feel like I know he's good at something. I'm not there to be the master and he be the, the, just the learner. I try to be there and empower the guy and say, hey, champ, how are you? How is your music today? Oh, man, show me their mood. So I start to become comfortable to put my guys around me feeling good because I was not to be the center of the universe. Tell you, oh, you, I tell you what you do, you tell me nothing. I tell you everything. So that situation put me in a very discomfortable position, which, you know, I have to make you, I have to give you things for you to think for you to make your choices and your decisions. I don't want to impose you how to act, how to do. So I felt like I was being very much flexible in the way I've been born and raised. And I've been very passionate about the discovering the jiu-jitsu in my life and be able to not only represent jiu-jitsu, but also teach jiu-jitsu at the highest level. Man, I have so many questions. One, thing, one question I want to start with is um, first on the visual, visualization. So when you practice your visualization, do you practice putting yourself 
um, I, I, you know, in the carpet situation, you're, you're using your visualization uh, to relax yourself, feel the warm, uh, feel the cool breeze, the ocean, to change your environment by changing your mind and the energy in the body. And, and I think a lot of people um, don't appreciate how difficult it is to be wrapped up in a carpet because it's your inhale. And every, there's your moment, you're, 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 you're finding little micro adjustments moment by moment by moment to last a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And, and, you know, oftentimes people, they seek heaven, but here you're trying to find one moment of, of retrieve in hell as you can't breathe and you can't take a full breath. And that panic attack to override that panic attack is is something that that has to be experienced. Um, and, and while we're talking about that, you know, there's, there's probably a good chance that I'm still here alive because of you in the carpet. Because one of my old uh, teachers, my first jujitsu teacher, taught me that and I, I practiced it. And then I got caught under a wave in Hawaii. And I got put sucked under the wave. It was a 12 foot shore break. And I got sucked under it. And I, and, you know, I went to do uh, body surfing, but I'd never body surfed before. So nobody taught me what a duck dive was. So they just yell at me. You know, I was with my students. So sometimes they think you could do things that you, you could do everything. And they say, duck dive. And, and I'm looking and, you know, behind me is 50 feet already. And there's giant waves in front of me. And they say duck dive and they dive in. So I think, okay, let me dive in the wave. So I dive in the face of the wave. It takes me up, slams me down, washing machine. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. But I remember the training from the carpet and I remember that, that making yourself comfortable one, okay, one more moment, one more moment, one more moment, one more moment. And you prolong it long enough that somehow I put my feet on the ground, come up, take the biggest gasp of air. Yes. And then I learned lesson number two, wave come in sets. So I get hit with the second wave, go back down again and same process again. But is that practice that transfers over, whether it's in a wave or it's in a fight, but making yourself uncomfortable. But that, that extension of, of, of being in that discomfortable situation, and then you have to go sit at the, then you have to go sit at the beach and breathe and be like, wow, I'm still alive and look at the wave and then face it and, and decide to go back in or run away. And, and when, I, when I went back in, when I finally find, figured out the duck dive meant put your chest to the floor so that the wave goes over, I found the most peaceful, one of the most pe peaceful experiences. So I want to thank you because most likely I probably wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for you and your teaching spreading down. Yes, I mean, breathing is everything. We demand, we demanding a lot of attention on the breathing to, to, to flow with the necessity, the mental necessities, the the physiology, the physicality, the physical necessities, and so on. But you know, when you breathe properly, you allow yourself to to have a completely uh, like a third a third level of 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 resilience, of another another layer of lifeness. Everything has an extra layer if you know how to breathe properly, because you really can survive much more than you think. You know, if you're not getting, if you're not wasting energy wrongly. And the, the worst thing is when you get caught in an uncomfortable situation, you get panic and you try to struggle that I want to free that. And that's exactly the point you have to be relaxed. And I said, okay, now 
I have to allow the, the nature to do her job. And when she feel like I have to go, she will relieve me. Mm. And I will go back to surface and breathe. So you have to, 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 to bring calmness. And you can handle almost one more minute if you calm. If you panic, 15 seconds, you're dead. Yes, so that, that kind of extra element of calmness and control may not going to save you because if you are under jaws, waves, you can going to die anyway. <laughs> but at least going to stretch your life uh, possibilities for another minute, which is, can save your life in many ways, you know. So. Yes, sir. So, you know, that, that feeling that when you're there, you've talked about it in the book and about surrender. Because you get to the point where you have to surrender, you know, when you're fighting Valley to Do and you're fighting the street fights or, or, you know, you tell the stories in your books about your own experiences with the ocean and many different life and death situations, that ability to let go and surrender. Can you talk a little bit about that and how important that is, not just for us in life, but whether it's in martial arts and performance or anything in general? Yeah, you, you, you pick any situation in life. Like if you go every day work in a shop to provide to your family, you have kids at home. We're talking about visualization. We're talking about a preparation for everything can be happy and, and perfect and the preparation for everything being sad and, and, and problematic. So visualization is something who put you on top of the scenario which can be the most positive one mm. and the most terrifying one if you're not capable or if you're not aware of these possibilities you somehow is naive is too naive mm. or too much without focus or too much connection to the situation because if you see a kid, for example, my son, I can see him a champion of jiu-jitsu. I can see him dead. I can see him a handicap for life. I can see him, you know, having everything of his and success he could have. My visualization will be extended to the point where anything can happen inside this box. He can be the happiest guy or he can be dramatic, unhappy and sad and, and, and suicidal. I have no control of this, but I have to, in my mind, capitalize by visualizing the possibilities. And when I know things going in the direction I feel like are not the, the ideal directions, I have to visualize the possibilities for him to recuperate and go back to the best way yes. or to even go downhill from that. I have no control. So in regard to my son, for example, who passed away 20 years ago, I have no control of him. I give him all my love, all my respect, all my, intu my intuition, my, my guidance. He also has a li few life the way he's supposed to live and with his, his personal ways to see life and to put himself against challenges and things. So the only thing I could do is, is, is acknowledge what he does, is give him support, give him ponderation aspects for him to see what is better and what is good. But at the end of the day, he will choose and he will do what feels right. 
And, you know, he passed away. He makes bad choices in his life. He passed away. And that's pretty much something. I cannot be regretting or, or feeling bad about it. Or, but I was already, even before that situation happened in Rio, I saw in my life, I saw visualizations of the possibility for him to pass away because he was just fearless. He want to show off, he goes to the roof and jump from the roof to the swimming pool. It was not a normal situation. He was trying to be fearless. He was trying to put it. So he was somehow too much emotions, too much proof to try to prove he was my son. I don't know exactly what he passed on his mind, but I, but I felt like he was a little over, a little too much brave, too much fearless. And that's not exactly something I admire. If you're fearless, you have to be conscious. You cannot just be, oh, I have, I'm not afraid of lions. Let me go to Africa and chase the lions by myself. You're stupid. You're going to get killed by lions, you know? So you have to be afraid of things. You have to respect your body. You have to, so I felt was unbalanced. My, my son was unbalanced on that level. And he put himself many times facing death without no needs. You know, surfing just in front of the rocks, just to prove he could do. So that's kind of crazy. I was, I like to surf, but I don't want to surf in front of a rock. I want to pick some other wave who give me a chance to not feeling myself on the reef. So it's too shallow for me. I have, I have my fear say, no, it's, it's not worth it. You're not a professional. You have nothing to prove. What are you going to go do, do, do for? Different than if I have to fight somebody who is 100 pounds heavier than me. I have to go because that's my line of work. And work. so it's a different preparation. But fear helped me to cope with my security state of mind, my safety, my, my, my protection. So I'm afraid of everything until the point I have to control my fear and, and throw my fear on the trash and go regardless of the fear. I know how to control my fear, but I'm afraid because to that point, fear helped me to see how the road is slippery, how fast is my car going, how, how the brakes work. So I have to be conscious with some kind of fear and respect to don't get caught in a bad situation. But if I have to raise somebody to save my, my, my family from, from death, I will disregard the slippery road or the, 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 and I'm going to press the gas no matter what because that's crucial for me. Mm. So the right decisions are made with or without fear. And that's pretty much how I feel like we should handle pressure. We should be able to visualize it because in your line of work, you have to visualize a good day and a work and a bad day. And if you're in a bad day, what are you going to do to make a less bad? Yes, sir. And that's pretty much how visualization works for your day, you know, for your life. Is cope with situations that are not there present at the moment but could happen anytime and you cannot get caught by, wow, mm. but it's no microphone today to make, to make my work. Yes. So you should have a plan B. Oh, so go get the second microphone. Go. So you have, to, you have to have plan B. If not, you are out of your game. You're not exactly fully connected with the service. We fully connect with your, what you're doing.
That's brilliant. Now you answered all my questions. So you take this for people listening, you, you take the spectrum of what is possible of from the good to the bad, and then see yourself. If you're in the good, how is it going to be? And you're going to behave if you're in the bad, how are you going to get yourself out, survive it longer? So then you're not surprised. And if yes. you're not surprised, you can adjust, adapt, and be more open to the possibilities instead of having to deal with the surprise and then try to figure out what to do if I heard you. Yes. Yeah. Imagine yourself working eight to five every day. And if you're never visualizing, have to do extra work after five. You don't, you don't want to stay at your job after five. But you have to visualize one day because the box fell into the backyard, whatever, and the bo your boss come and said, Hickson, you're going to have to make an extra job today, pile all these boxes behind it. So if I don't visualize that, I'm going to accept this. I said, oh, God, what the hell? But if I'm already visualizing the possibility for one day, I make an extra box and make an extra job here. So I'm going to accept that the most positive way possible. We'll be better for the job. We'll be better for the boss. We'll be better for me. We'll be better for my house. We'll be better for everything. The only thing is if I have my, to pick up my son at the school at 5.30. So I had either to make a call or either to do something to resolve the matter. So with a positive mind and the capacity for you to accept and, and visualizing already something could happen, you're going to find the worst problems in a much less discomfortable situation. You're going to adapt faster. You're going to find yourself after proud of what you have done. You know, you're going to find yourself happy to be able to accomplish something which was surprise for you, but was not out of your, of your sight. Yes, so that's pretty much a, a, a secret of well-being. Are you struggling to balance the time spent organizing your martial arts business and the time spent engaging with your students? At Wattify, we know that you want to be a creator of a successful dojo and an engaged community. In order to do that, you need technology that's built for your business needs. The problem is that there are too many software tools that make you feel restricted and inefficient. What if I believes your software shouldn't hold you back? We understand how frustrating outdated and complex technology can be, which is why we built an easy to use all-in-one platform trusted by martial arts schools across the country. Easily automate billing and payouts, send class reminders to your students, and design custom belt ranks with Wattify so students can see their progress directly within the Wattify mobile app. Trusted by over 5,000 business owners around the world, Wattify helps overwhelmed martial arts school owners reclaim their time and be confident in their success. Go to wattify.com slash black belt to claim 50% off your first two months today. That's W-O-D-I-F-Y dot com slash black belt. Uh, thank you for sharing that. You know, I want to I want to switch gears a little bit and, and talk to you about your invisible jujitsu. Yes. If you can describe that to people, um, it's, it's something very phenomenal, but I'd love for people to hear it in your words. What is invisible jujitsu and, and how can it help people? When you see jiu-jitsu, you see a confrontation of two people and they entangle grappling and eventually go for a submission or a, or a, or a finish hold. Or a... So the idea is to confront, engage, confront, and submit, win. 
So this brings a, a very interesting concept, a metaphor for life. So all the elements in this conquering are there. Your physical elements, like your endurance, your techniques, your ability to be resilient, your heart, your focus, all these are physical. Let's go for the mental, your strategies, your visualization, your positiveness, your beliefs, they all come in with your mindset, your emotional control. And then you go for the spiritual. You have hope, you have faith, you have acceptance and others. So all those tools, they part of the, the, the spiritual warrior. Sometimes the spiritual warrior doesn't have the physicality to be a fighter. But he has to be like a president. He's a warrior because he has to deal with stress, with battles, with wins and defeats. So if he's not comfortable as a warrior with his spirituality, with his truth in his heart, with the service, with the purpose, he can be a bad president. He can be a very lousy warrior and he can make big mistakes as a governor, as a governor to the country or to the place. So the idea of having your tools ready to be used are the focus for a good life, for a victory in the battlefield, no matter if you're seeking for an opponent or if you're seeking for a job or a relationship. In order for you to conquer, you have to use the tools, sometimes patience, which is different than passivity. If you pass, if you passive, opportunities pass through you and you lost opportunities. Yes, but if you patient, like a lion behind the bush against the wind, waiting for the zebra, give him the distance, he's patiently waiting for the time for the, to make a kill. So he's very sharp in his mind, but he has to be patient to don't waste the energy. So hope. Some fights you already go, and the only thing you must have is hope because you already have all the elements to lose the fight. Yes. Like the Vietnamese and the U.S. in a war. How the guys can fight the weaponry, the military strengths against the U.S.? They have nothing. So, but they have the hope. They stay under the, under the, under the, 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 the ground. And they have the hope of winning the battle by resilience, by patience, by using the trash from you to create new things for me and using your, your last food to make my food. So I'm, I'm a warrior, but I have to be a spiritual warrior to handle all this hope and patience. So in other words, the true warrior has to be also patient. The true warrior has to have hope in his heart. But if you see today, the modern warrior is the entertainer. He fights for five minutes, against a guy with the weight divisions, and he fight to, like almost spinning wheels without not concern about his gas. If you fight for an hour, you cannot just spin wheels because you're gonna get a run out of gas and you're gonna dead short, very, very short. Yes, sir. But if you go a five minute round, you can just spin because you know the bell will ring and you're gonna have another life after five minutes. So, 
So martial arts is not entertainment. Martial arts is not a, a combat sport. Martial arts is the approach you have to make your essentials become sufficient to win a, a confrontation or a goal or an obstacle or a challenge. So the true warrior has to count with those tools, which are, we all, we all have it. We all, once you're intelligent, you have the tools, you have the tools to choose if you want to be scared or if you want to be fearless. If you want to be in control or if you want to be controlled. If you want to tell or if you want to listen. So it's all about choices. And those choices, they are much better exposed when you start to understand your invisible possibilities. And for me, the beauty now in Jiu-Jitsu is to show what is invisible. Because if I show you something you know you have, you're going to say, okay, what else? But if I show you something you don't know you have and you discover in yourself, you say, wow, I like that. I never knew I have this. So for me, the Jiu-Jitsu Invisible is the one you cannot see it, but you can feel it. A headlock scape has a, a normal, brutal way to scape. And then you see guys with bulging ears, with, you know, they take, they take their heads out and leave it broken, cartilage and stuff. Because for me, those bad ears doesn't show great technicians. They show tough guys with big neck, bulging ears, and, and able to pull their heads off of things, but not exactly with the perfect approach to escape properly. So the headlock scape has, a, has an invisible element with the connection with your shoulders, who prevent you from tapping out, who give you the chance to escape. If you don't see that feeling, if you don't get that understanding, you may get exposed to headlocks all your life. You, some strong guy get you and you still be able to tap. So to connect somebody standing up, is an angle of base and connection which make, make you a very powerful base. And it's not based on your strength or muscles. It's based on your weight distribution and leg position. So when you really start to feel like, wow, I have that base I never knew I had. Because every position you do with a little, diff a little different stance, you find yourself off balance. And then when I put you in a perfect stance, you find yourself, wow, let's make a difference. One inch, only one inch this way. So you start to get addicted mm -hmm. to have that invisible feeling because that's what's developed your sensorial jujitsu. Yes, sir. You, you develop your senses, the sense of balance, the sense of base, the sense of connection, the sense of leverage, the sense of the technique. Because when you feel the proper technique and a perfect angle, perfect balance, that gives you a completely different feeling. I have students who have black belts and brown belts. When I show them a, a, a simple uh, leg sweep, they do that leg sweep, they struggle a little bit. I said, hey, stop. Move your hip a little more here. And they do without struggle. They say, wow, I never felt this before. And that's what I call jiu-jitsu invisible because it's there for you to develop your senses, 
and become more connected with your possibilities, regardless what you can see, regardless how big your opponent is. Your possibilities increase because you're dealing exactly with what is invisible and what you feel is the best for you. So there's no more bigger power than the one you feel you're strong, not yeah. because you, but you feel you just have it. When you feel, you feel. Nothing can be different than that. It's, a, it's, amazing, it's an amazing pleasure you have when you have something already locked in or something already accomplished or the perfect way to, to make a bigger guy project somebody. So it's, it's unbelievable the feeling of a perfect motion. And this perfect situation uh, is in, in regards to the invisible aspect which I've been talking about. And, and is that what then leads to empowerment? Because now, you know, from your focus is headed towards empowering people, not just empowering. Uh, I mean, your book is empowering non-martial artists, but also from spreading jujitsu to the, the non-martial arts community, to the doctors, to the regular folks, maybe the guys who don't want to get, you know, come and get smashed on the first day and then not come back. You have a new method of how you are teaching it. Can you describe your empowerment method? And especially there's a lot of martial artists who are teachers listening that I think it would be very beneficial for them to, to understand your philosophy of teaching empowerment. Yes. Something I get completely understandable through the years is some people, they didn't born to fight. The ability, the physical, the mental, the spiritual ability to engage in a fight, in a confrontation, is not for everyone. I mean, everyone can be involved in a fight, but not everyone has the pleasure to be involved in a fight. Mm. The community today, the, the competitive community, not only MMA, but also Jiu-Jitsu community, or Karate, or Full Contact, or so whoever is in, in, in comfortable situation to be fighter, no matter if it's just submission or, but if you train yourself and prepare yourself to become a fighter, you already have the courage, the heart, the desire, the resilience to go back home, put ice and go back next day and training harder and get knocked out and come back and train and back next day and bulge your ear. So it's part of yourself, the resilience, the competitiveness, the desire to, to fight. So getting beat on the gym is a, almost a stimulus for you to go back next day. But that's not exactly for everyone. 95% of the people don't have that feeling. They, go, they like to watch. They like to, to be going about, but they don't like to fight. They don't feel like they need to fight. And they, if they could, they, they want to take the fight out of their problems. I don't want to fight. I'm a musician, I'm an executive, I'm a father, I'm a, I'm a police officer. I don't like to engage nobody. I, don't, I just don't like to fight. And in that matter, if you get a guy like this to a regular average academy, jiu-jitsu academy, he will be, let's say, protected for the first four or five classes. He's not going to roll with nobody. He's going to learn from the teacher how to escape from the mouth position, how to escape from this or that. So he's pump out, he do the, 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 the warm-ups, he do the techniques, so he's loved it, what he learns. He learns how to block a punch and throw somebody, so he loves it. But at one point, 
maybe after a week or so, or two weeks, depending on the academy, he will be faced for the first time in the end of the class, a sparring session, which he's going to, for five minutes, spar somebody who did, he didn't know much. And this guy can be aggressive, can be younger, can be stupid, can be uncoordinated. And he may, may sometimes come in with the hand and hurt you on the face, scratch on the So things happen on the, on the contact sport. And that contact will give you, for the first time in your life, the sensitivity to, to confront an animal which you have no control, which is too aggressive, which is brutal. So you're going to find yourself after that experience, say, either I like that experience and I'm going to be here for more, or I say, you know what? I don't like that. The guy really crooked my finger. I work in computers. I'm not, I don't like this too much. And I, you know what? I'm going to quit. And they quit. So the average for every jiu-jitsu school is for every 10 students who come in to enroll themselves in a class, eight will leave in less than six months. Hmm. This is a, the, the two who stays, they're going to stay. They become black belts and stuff, okay. But the eight guys who left, they left and they cut short of the knowledge they should have to become better persons. Those guys, they supposed to be supported for at least one year of practice without that initial confrontation who can jeopardize all the process. Some people, they, they go to the school to confront themselves. Some people, they go to the school to learn how to defend themselves. Even though they don't want to engage, they want to learn. They want to feel good about it. They want to inspire themselves with a possibility they don't know they have. For those people, I recommend a program, for example, in my Hickson Dot Academy. I try to show techniques. I, sh I try to show fundamentals, exercises, protocols of breathing, protocols of feeling the push, protocols of feeling the base, without the competition aspect, without the confrontation. Because learning something to empower you is the best thing for you. Learning something to empower you and then put you to try on a guy who don't want to let you do can be jeopardizing your ego, can, can, can be disappointing, can be, you know, frustration, ego. All this can be in a way for you to get in the process of learning. So my recommendation, not only for, for uh, the instructor, but for the whole community of jiu-jitsu, is to create a, 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 to favor those, because the guys who go into the academy, they don't plan to put themselves in a hardcore competition mode. Yes. Some they will be passionate about and they're going to seek for the competition regardless. But the majority, they want to learn something for them to feel confident. So for those, we have to have a program who goes and put them feet in the more map movements, putting them knowledgeable about the throwing, about how they fall, how they, the possibilities for keeping base or deflect energy, put them comfortable to escape from a punch, keeping the distance deflecting punches, escaping and be comfortable about not getting punched in the face in an easy way, putting them comfortable to 
escape from ground positions and stand up to, to be safe again. So I will empower you, give you tools for you to feel comfortable. And in case something happened here, you have this. Something happened here, you have that. So you have all the knowledge in the world, but you're not being put at test. And you may never want to be at test. You may never want to be fighting, but you're going to be fit. You're going to be with your possibilities sharp like a knife. Just for the sake of your of your subconscious, you know you have something. If somebody coming to choke me, I know how to protect myself. That doesn't mean he want to confront nobody. So the idea of empowerment is, has nothing to do with the competitiveness, with the with the 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 confrontation aspect. So after one year of empowerment program, I will come into the the guy and say, look. At this point now, you know a lot about jiu-jitsu. You know your possibilities. You have two options. The first option is to go and try to be a competitor now. So you're going to start to be exposed to a blue belt. Because in this process of getting belts, you have to deal with somebody who don't let you pass the guard. You want to pass, but I don't. So give it to me. No, I'm not. Give it. No, no. So it's a, it's a fight there which you have to be accustomed to fight, to resist, to be surprised, to be countering, to get choked, to get escape your head. So this is fun, but for whoever likes it, if you don't like that kind of fun, we combine it with struggle, with pressure, with pain. With... So don't go and don't bother to be competitor in jiu-jitsu. You can stick with the fundamentals program for the rest of your life. Because every time you come here, you're going to make a good warm-up, you're going to lose weight, you're going to do escapes, you're going to do counter-movements, you're going to adjust better your locks, your escapes. So you're going to be sharp in your techniques, even though you're never going to use, you're going to be sharp in your physicality to be fit and, and feel good about yourself. But you're never going to be exposed to disappointment, ego. So we have to create this environment, not only to facilitate, to give in jiu-jitsu, to serve people who, who, who what they need the most, because the people who need the most is the ones who are less, less, getting less service. Yes, sir. Right now, the ones who are being served are the athletes, are the engineers, are the tough guys, are the strong guys. Even in 60 kilogram weight division, they all tough, neck, tough, they all. So, weight division. So, they don't need support they need training practice confrontation then the, the 95 percent of the people they need support they need instruction they need confidence they need build up a platform they can say okay i'm not in out, i'm not in the woods anymore i'm out of the woods if something happened i have i have a chance to choose to and they stick with that as a process of life they don't have to be fighters but they have to be empowered sure. Yes, yeah, sir. That is absolutely wonderful. I mean, because that, now, now we can really reach the masses. You know, I, in my opinion, martial arts is the greatest vehicle for, uh, you know, realizing your human potential. And yes. one of the reasons for doing this podcast is it's a, it's a lifestyle podcast where let's go beyond the technique, beyond the style, the system, and use it for growth. Because Hey, man, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for it. But, you know, what you said earlier um, is, is such a 
such a profound statement that happiness is about giving and receiving energy. I will, I will never forget that statement. That yes, because, really because, perspective. Because happiness evolves. Wherever you close your eyes and make you happy today, it's not going to be the same in 10 years from now. If now your happiness is get a black belt, if now your happiness is raise your kid and put him to college, if now your happiness is relationships or buy a new car, a new Mercedes, wherever your happiness is today, has to be frozen because 10 years from now, your happiness is to see your kids with grandsons, yes. is to see your, 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 your Mercedes become a Tesla. Is whatever it is, the evolutionary process is always make you feel like, what next? What next? And life is, you know, is a part where you have to be this focus of be ready for the next challenge, be ready for the next conquering. Be ready with visualization, with focus, with purpose, with love, with respect, with humbleness. So all this has to be a constant mindset for you to go through life. And, and martial arts practice give you the sharpness of being timing correctly, being proper base, being proper uh, clear mind to accept the deflections or the counter movements and that they educate yourself to take advantage of the, this little. So this sharpness, regardless timing, regardless uh, base, connection, weight distribution, you know, visualization, techniques, options, all this make you feel like you're on top of your game. Oh, I'm a little off time. Let's improve my. So in the time you improving at the gym will be the same timing. You depends to get an airplane to, to our country, or the same, the same time you to 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 be present on a meeting on a, on a so timing is a, is bigger than just deflecting a punch. Connection is, is different than being just connecting against your opponent. Something very important about the practice is, especially those days martial arts practice, humanizing, because technology, robotics, internet, dehumanizing. So now we are through the TV, so we'll be much better if I can look in your eyes, if I can shake your hand, if I can hug you. That is not exactly possible, especially those days, become, we become dehumanized more and more. So a jiu-jitsu practice, a martial arts practice, will bring, if not other, other reason, if for any other reason, the humanizing aspect of breathing together, of listening your heartbeat, being connected with the time-wise, not only the timing to get a phone, but the timing to receive a punch and, and, and connecting bodies and sweats. And so all this brings a very, very, very important value, adds value to your life. Because when you approach a job, if you approach personally, if you have to shake hand and talk, you're going to be more prepared if you're a martial artist. When you're talking with a girlfriend or a girl to approach a relationship, you're going to be more confident how to look in the eyes and shake the hand and hug and approach. If you just live your life, like in my age and my time with 10 years old, I get in a room to sleep, I leave the room to 
wake up, leave the room, and just go back at night. Stay all the time on the, on the street doing things. Today, you see kids with, from 10 to 15 years old, 20 years they stay at home. They stay in the room playing, talking, socializing, doing everything they have to do through the net and not exactly changing vibrations, changing energy, sweating together, talking. So it becomes harder for, this, for, that, for those youngsters. Relationships. It's hard to, to find a job. It's hard to find a girlfriend. So that's why the, 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 the idea of bringing martial arts, not to compete, not to just for the fighters only, but to get a, a, a tool to facilitate our social skills, our capacity to handle fear, to strategize elements for victory, guidance for you to become happier. Wow. You know, Master Hickson, I could keep going talking to you all day long, but I want to be very respectful of your of your time. And uh, I, want to thank, I want to thank you for your time. And, and please, I would love to have you back on the show uh, to continue the conversation. I have four more pages of things to ask you. It would be really wonderful. It's a great opportunity for me to listen to you and grow and for the audience also. Uh, may, I ask you one, may I ask you one last question? Sure. Uh, I, I like to ask this question at the end of, uh, since we are the Black Belt Podcast, what does a black belt mean to you? A black belt means to me. First of all, I feel like was a process, you know, it was a, for me, especially for me, which get my geese before my diapers. <laughs> For me, it was always being a process, you know. I always been, you know, trying to cope with my family legacy, try to be proud to be a Gracie, even though before knows what is be a Gracie. I recognize myself just using a, a gi, look my parents, my cousins. So for me, was a was not even something I choose. It was just born with. And when I get my black belt, for me, the black belt was now. I'm not the, the listener anymore. Now I'm not the, 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 the one who's learning. Now I'm the one who's teaching. Now I'm the one who's bringing the, 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 the attention to you of the points. So now I become the, the healer, not the, the seeker. So I become with the, my mission with Black Belt was to implement uh, not only to be a fighter, connected, very connected in my life because you have the black belt as a fighter. Yes. And you have the black belt as a teacher, as a instructor. For me, since early age, since 13 years old, I started teaching, helping my brothers to teach. So being a teacher for me was always the same thing than being a father, a father, fighter. The, my evolutionary process put me in a situation where as I become the, the representative of the champion of the family, I also become the best teacher I can be. And thinking about that, my father went down one time told me, if you want to be the best teacher, you don't want to teach. I mean, if you want to be a good teacher, you want to teach a good army lock, a perfect choke, and, and expect your students to do the same. If you want to be an excellent teacher, you have to, to, to try to understand what the students need to learn. So with this advice, 
I become a little a, a jiu-jitsu instructor slash psychologist because I have to check if the guy is too tense, if he's too lazy, if he's afraid of everything, if he's have you know uh, stubborn, if he's aggressive. And based on that feeling I have to the guy, I may approach the guy, uh, approach the class, say, "Hey man, breathe, relax, be calm, don't be too tense, be relaxed, try to be more calm." Or if the guy is, say, man, okay, when I do, you lift your hands half faster because you're too lazy. So, be, so I can build his reflex at the same time I can build his relaxation. So incorporating this in my life and being professional on this is for me what's being a black belt. I've embraced the responsibility to pass on my knowledge, my, my beneficial aspects in jiu-jitsu to others. And I'm responsible to embrace that kind of mission. And that's what the black belt for me it was not something to do with the ego or with the now I can beat everybody or now I can compete. That doesn't make too much difference because hard competition I've been doing since my blue belt, fighting and training with everybody I could put my hands on. And with my brown belt, I could already beat all the black belts I could know about it. And, uh, and when I get the black belt, it was no surprise. Just keeping my trophies, keeping my legacy as a champion on my weight division and my open class division was just a, a routine for me to compete. And now the mission of teaching and giving seminars and, and giving good knowledge for the students becomes a, a purpose and a mission too. I love that. Very profound, sir. Uh, Master Hickson, where can our listeners find out more about your programs, um, you know, your, your seminars? How do they get in touch with you? How do they train with you? Yeah, right now I'm just teaching through online. I'm not doing seminars now because there's craziness of COVID and stuff. But eventually I'm going to go back to seminars. Right now it's Hickson.academy. And you can reach there and you can be doing classes, making questions. Getting there's a lot of there's a lot of information there for you. Again, sir, I want to thank you. Thank you so much for your time, for sharing your knowledge, wisdom. Thank you so much. This was a real honor for me, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it very much. And I'm sure my listeners did too. Thank you. See you next time, man. Let's do it again for, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Martial arts is the greatest vehicle to discover human potential. My friends, follow, like, subscribe, and share this message with the world. The Black Belt Podcast can be found on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all major broadcasting outlets. I'm your host, Harinder Singh. And always remember, wherever you go, everyone's a little bit safer. Wherever you are, anyone in need has a friend. And when you come home, they're happy to see you. It's a good life. <laughs>